welcome to the 45th episode of WT Fada. As always, I am non-essential John, joined by my bestest friend in the entire world, Mr. Essential Ron. Oh, I like being a bestest friend. It feels it feels real fucking good, man. Gotta be honest. Hey, man. <sighs> we spend a lot of time together. We really do. Even, you know, even, even digitally, you know? I mean, unfortunately, the sad reality is that we can't hold hands like we used to when we recorded these fucking things, but it's all right. Uh, so, yeah, we talked a little bit earlier today. Usually, you and I pretty much just coordinate what time we're starting, and then, uh, you know, we, went, we, we saved the magic for the show, you know. Um, today, uh, we did a little bit more talking. Uh, not, not, not big, though. Just a little bit, and we made a decision. Uh, you know, John and I fully recognize, we said it last week, we're nobodies. Um, we don't have, like, a big audience. Um, we do, however, have opinions about things. And sitting here and talking, like, sitting here and stating the obvious about certain events that transpired recently <laughs> in America... Um, it feels almost cliche and like, you know, I hate virtue signaling. I really do. Um, but we made a decision that today we're going to use the off topic to not talk about ourselves, but we're going to talk about the situation that happened in Minneapolis. I believe it was Monday night um, where George Floyd um I mean, there's no other way to put it. He was murdered yeah, by police. He was um, and I don't really know. I mean, here's the thing: is is you can, you know, you you're going to run across things that have become like sickening cliches, right? So like. You know, I, I shouldn't have to be sitting here saying the words Black Lives Matter. Um, it should be abundantly obvious that they do. It, it should be a non-issue. It shouldn't be a talking point. Um, I shouldn't have to sit here and talk about how police need to be held responsible for the things that they do. Um, they should be held responsible for the things that they do, and, and it shouldn't be, again, something that I need to bring up. Um, and I don't, I don't really want to. I don't want to talk about that stuff. Um, but here we are. We're here. And we, you know, we have a fun show lined up. Um, it's going to be interesting getting into the topic today. Um, and, and fun will come later. But right now, uh, I'm not feeling much in the mood to have fun. Right now, I just want to talk about this as honestly as John and I can. So, John, yeah, what do you I think? think it, I think it is important for us to, you know, like you said, we're nobodies. You know, who the fuck are we? But I think it is important for us to, to not stay silent. You know, mm -hmm. to voice our support. Because, you know, I can only imagine how devastating this is to see this over and over again. And, and just feel, you know, 
the black feel like I don't matter, you know. I feel like I need to start a movement like that, and they need to know that, you know, we are out here supporting them. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's the... My, my takeaway from this is, you know... I, I think it's I think it's ridiculous that it's taken this long for it to really become a, a big issue. But I think that in this particular case, the way that George Floyd died over a prolonged period of eight fucking minutes, um, where he was slowly being suffocated to death, um, I I think that it's brought a lot of attention onto the subject and a lot more heat because I think. There, there were situations, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't remember um, the name, but there was the, the kid that he had threatened a convenience store worker and he had knocked stuff around and um, then he went out on the street and when a cop approached him, he rushed the cop and the cop panicked and fired a gun. Now, in that situation, it's a split-second decision of what you're going to do and I don't think that lethal force was necessary there either. But you can at least see the through line of somebody making a decision in the heat of the moment. Um, and then, you know, pulling the trigger and, and doing that. Uh, here, I'm sorry, you had an officer standing guard. And then the video that people have seen most... Um, is one where you can see the officer standing guard and you can see the officer that is, um, that's like choking him at the back of the squad car. Uh, what you don't see from that angle is that there's actually three people holding George Floyd down. There's two cops hidden behind that, that cruiser. Um, George Floyd is handcuffed, um, which you can see at the end of the, the video that everybody's seen, the most widely circulated one. He's handcuffed. He's down. Um, and there's no reason for what goes on for eight minutes to go on. Um, he, he was handcuffed. He was down. He posed no threat. There was no reason for it. No. None. He wasn't resisting or anything. No. You know, I've watched from multiple different angle, angles that they have. And, like, I know this is uncomfortable to talk about and a difficult conversation to have, but I think it is uh, a necessary one that we, to have. we know we all should be talking about it. Absolutely. It's, a lot of people have been silent for a long time, and, you know, on, on things that happen, not uh, things in, about this specific topic, but, like, usually anything, I, I tend to stay silent. You know, I'm a very big... You know, I wasn't there, not everything as it seems type person. You know, you never really know this and that. You know, you weren't there. Two mm -hmm. sides, two stories, blah, 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 you know, in general. But this this is not the case. No. And a lot of these situations happen like this. That's not the case. No. You know, this is clear as day. Yeah. I, I, think, I think that you and I, I think we can extract, like, I heard on the news them talking about, well, the body cam footage is, you know, all the officers were wearing body cams, and that will surely reveal some other information. And I'm like, it isn't going to re reveal anything that justifies somebody being strangled to death for eight minutes. Like, it, nothing could have transpired between the convenience store... I, I don't know exactly where they were, where they were at, rather, but they, they, there was security cam footage from, like, a storefront, and you can see them 
walking George Floyd over to the wall, and then George leans against the wall and kind of goes into like a little bit of a crouch position. And then the next time you see anything is George Floyd is being uh, is being knelt on by uh, by Derek. That's all. I, I can't remember his last name, but Derek. Uh, which I'm not saying anything bad about Derek's, but I'm just, you know, just pointing it out. Derek's. There's a lot of Derek's that are watching the show right now or listening to the show right now that are like, what the fuck does he mean by that? And I'm just saying, in my experience, Derek's are not winners. Um, but that's another form of generalization that shouldn't happen. So I apologize. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't have a... Um, I, I can't come up with... I, I can't have sympathy um, for the the officers involved in this at all. Um, the ones that were involved, the ones that stood by and watched. I mean, come on, man. It, it, you, hear, you hear the distress in George's voice. You hear yeah. it, man. It's... Like nothing that doesn't trigger anything in anybody who was standing by that could that had any power to do anything. No, I mean, like that doesn't it doesn't break your heart to listen to that to say, Hey, something about the situation isn't right. Like, even if like, you're in a panic, you're adrenaline. Oh, um, I hate to tell you this, I think we just lost audio on John. Yeah getting nothing um but yeah it's it's pretty horrendous um john i don't know if you want to exit and then come back in maybe yeah try exiting um yeah but it is it is it's horrible um and it's unforgivable and it's just not we can't we can't stand by you know, especially in this situation, and, and like John said, there's there's a lot of times where things can um, things can happen, and, and and you don't know the full story. And and like John said, we try to we try to avoid um, We try to avoid assessing situations when we don't know, um, we don't know what all happened, um, but it's very clear that this is something where, you know, there's no reason for it to have happened, and, um, it's very, very painful to just keep having it happen over and over and over again. And I know that when I personally, uh, when I first heard about the George Floyd story, I thought somebody was recalling, um, and, and I, I, I think his name was Eric Gardner. I thought somebody was talking about Eric Gardner. And then they said that it was, it was something that was new. Um, and the fact that the details of those two situations are so similar is very very it's very painful it's it's we just won't learn you know um you know in the in the case of uh 
John, could you do a, a check for me on? Am I right? Is Eric Gardner the na the name of the man that was? He was selling loose cigarettes in New York, and the cops tuned him up in the same fucking thing. They did knee on the neck, and they choked him out. They choked him to death. Yeah, you, you can hear me now, right? Yes. Yeah, it's Eric Garner. Yeah, yeah. that's him. I just, um, the details between this situation and that situation are so fucking similar um, that it's hard to, you know... It just, it's like we're in this perpetual state of, like, nightmare deja vu that we just can't get out of. And it's always going to exist so long as there's, you know, I mean, it'll always be there so long as there's racism. And, and I fear that racism might always be there, too. Um, but it's also, it, this is, it's being perpetuated by the fact that there are not consequences for the police officers that perpetrate this shit. There's a lot of slaps on the wrists, and I'm getting really tired of it, and I think that this might be a tipping point, because uh, I know that at least two of those officers were fired um, already, which is a good start, but it isn't justice, not yet. I think they need to be convicted for what they did, and I don't think that... I don't want to see any of this weasel shit that happens in these situations where they all, oh, we got to protect our own and stuff. It's like, I'm sorry. He's, if he did that and you're a fellow police officer and he did that, then guess what? He's not one of you anymore. He's a criminal. Exactly. There, exactly. There's a line and you don't cross. You protect and you serve and we trust you to do that. And the fact that that has not, that has not been upheld in Minneapolis is, horrible um and i think that it, there's a lot of calls for the there's rioting happening and, and they burned down the police precinct building uh, that the two officers were from um there's a lot of calls for people to stop doing that to stop rioting um and i do think that it is counterproductive um but also the frustration in all of that is so real and the fear that the only justice you can get you know the fear is that the only justice you can get is street justice um that the system itself won't you know the police won't police themselves um and that's where you run into these situations where people are um you know, burning down buildings and stealing and, you know, somebody else died in Minneapolis. Somebody else was found shot um, in the riots. And, uh, you know, I think that the lack of response over all these years, um, I can say that I, I think it's horrible that there's these big riots happening. But I also have to say that until something happens, until real justice is handed to the people that perpetrate these crimes, um, I don't really see a way for there not to be rioting. You know, as far as the riots go, like, obviously nobody wants that. You know, it's, it's a shitty situation all around, but it's like... 
there's been peaceful protests. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. for a while now. Yeah. For a long time. And now it's, it's finally like, well, what other options are there? It's either we keep allowing this to happen or we stop fucking shit up. Yeah. You know? I, 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 I don't want anyone to die. Yep. You know? I don't want anyone to die. I don't want anyone to get hurt. But if you want to destroy buildings, steal some shit to like, get some attention, you know, to people finally fucking listen, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll endorse it. Yeah. Sorry. You know, I, I, I don't know what else to do. I don't yeah. know what else there is for anyone to do because it just keeps happening and something needs to stop yeah. and it's going to take something drastic. Yeah. And if, and if it doesn't stop, it's, it's going to, the violence is going to get worse with everybody. The system, <laughs> the system needs to change, and I think the only way the system changes is with a firm slap on the, uh, you know, a, a firm, not a slap on the wrist, a firm smack. You know, like um, the frustration level that we have to keep hearing this shit over and over and over again. Um, you know, it just it's boiled over. You know. And and I just, you know, you're right. I, there's no, it doesn't feel like there's any alternatives because nothing, nothing changes no matter what they do. Um, so what I will say is that I'm very, the people who were standing up for George on that street, uh, it was a multicultural group. It was, there was Hispanic people, there was black people, there was white people, um, all trying to prevent this from occurring. Um, and I think that that's the takeaway message is that it's all of us, not versus cops, (laughs) it's all of us versus racism. It's going to take all of us working together in order to really stop this from ever happening again. Um, no, white people especially. Yeah, I, yeah, one hundred percent. Like I, <laughs> I see, I, I watch these videos, and I and I, I see people still arguing and and still trying to justify these things. And like I look at these people, and I'm like, like that part that they look like me. I'm like a walking representation mm-hmm. of these stupid fucks that are out there who still feel like they can act this way. And it's just, it's not the case. And it's like, you, you see this all the time. This keeps happening. And it's like, what are, you know, mm-hmm. even though we haven't done it ourselves, so we're just going to sit there and, and ignore it. Well, I always, you know, I, I think of Patrick Stewart um, is a big um, proponent of, of uh, you know, women's rights and, and really all minority rights. He's a good man. Um and he said once that it seems like nobody listens unless a white man says something, so I'm going to say something, you know? That Patrick Stewart is like the, like, cliche white man, you know? Um, and he uses that fact that there is so much racism to kind of be subversive and to try to uh, illuminate things in a different way um, so that you can get people to to listen. And, uh, you know, I know, like, 
we said at the start of this, John and I are nobodies. We have a small show. We have a small audience. But this is, um, you know, this is how it starts. You know, we, people like us that have something to give the world, have to take a stand. We have to say something. Um, and that's what we're saying, you know. It's unacceptable. And um, it just can't happen anymore. It shouldn't happen anymore, and and we have to, we have to really, as a community, in America, we have to come together and really put our foot down on this issue. We can't. I I don't want to see this happen ever again. This is this was fucking ridiculous, completely. Um, yeah, I mean, I you know I. It's, obviously, it's been going on for a long, long time, and I never had any idea of what a solution could possibly be, but I hope us speaking up about it and showing our support is a step in the right direction. That's all we have. Even if it helps a little bit, you know, I'm not sure. You know, uh, I know we've said multiple times we're nobodies, we're just two dudes, but, you know, I'm not... I'm not just gonna sit by and watch, man. I just can't, can't do it. We can't. And um, yeah. You know, I want, I want, I want WT Fada to be in no uncertain terms. It's a safe place for people. You know, all people. Like I use this show as a way to break away from my everyday life. Um, a place to have fun, and a place where we can be safe. You know, and and I want everybody to feel that same way. I want to have a community that is positive, and um, you know that community has to be built on these shared values um, that nobody should um, nobody should have had to gone through what George Floyd did. Um, I do want to say that uh, we are going to have to shift gears um, because today is a uh, is a special episode of WT Fada. Getting into fun, um, we do have a guest on the show who I am unaware of. Yeah, I was told I was told not to be naked. And I think it's kind of ridiculous. I can't be naked on my own podcast. But you know what, man? I'm just I'm all for it. Um, <laughs> when yeah. when it's you and me alone, you know I love it. I would never I would never try to censor you, boo. Um, but I do want to introduce everybody to one of my other most favorite people, uh, Miss Kayla Kennedy, who is coming up right now. She'll be in with us in just a moment. Um, and it is going to be wonderful. Kayla. Hey. What's going on? It's nice to finally meet you. I know, right? That's to be under these circumstances, though. It's too bad. I feel like I already know you. We went to high school together, so, like, I know you, but... No, but I mean, like, from listening to the podcast, like, I feel like, like, we already know each other, and I'm like, oh, wait, I don't, he doesn't know who I am, but Um, I listen to you. Ron talks about you all the time, so I see what you're saying. Yeah. I'm I'm constantly saying that every time I hang out with Kayla, she's like, 
uh, when can I meet John? And I'm like, well, you know, I, I just go fuck myself. I guess I know if we have like a Team Ron, Team John shirt, I guess I know which one Kay was buying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm just using you, Ron, to get to John. That's, That's it. That's it. I'm always being used. Hey. Surprise. It's been the long game. It is, yeah. Since, <laughs> since high school, she's been like, I think he's friends with Callahan. <laughs> yeah. How are you, so, Kayla? I'm all right. Yeah. Um, I was invited to an unexpected girls' trip this weekend with my mama. Ooh. So I'm not actually home. Ooh. I am up at the campground. That's excellent. Are you enjoying it so far? So far. I've worked all day today, though. Mm. Um, so, like, it's been a day of trying to, like, log on to Zoom meetings, not having the internet work, and then having a... Oh, no. Door, and then coming back, and... It's been a day, you know? Yeah. Um, so... Just before we, uh, you know, John and I, we had like a heavy first 20 minutes um, talking about current events. Um, and now we're switching over to have a little bit more fun. Uh, but I mean, do you... we don't have to. I can get real dark. No, no. <laughs> I, think that, I think that like a ray of sunshine might be nice. Um, Kayla, do you want to talk about who you are? Uh, I mean, what you do do what you aspire to do i mean anything really feel free share those are, all, those are a lot of open-ended questions mm -hmm. that are very loaded questions they are extremely I think, I think i think you opened up for me to talk for like an hour so you might have to get more specific okay uh so what are you working on right now mostly that i'm helping stuff with you with you. what <laughs> mostly stuff with you that's true um, so, right now, I'm working on the Great American Novel. Okay. I'm, work I'm working on my book. Um, I'm about 260-something pages in. Mm -hmm. um, so, it's the first time I've actually taken this book seriously, which is nice. Mm -hmm. So, that should be finished soon. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm also working on a collection of poetry. I very briefly um, agreed to do illustration for Mm -hmm. So that will be a collaborative project between the two of us. Um, I was working on stuff for Spectrum Studios, but all of that has been put on hold thanks to the global pandemic. Yes. I'm also planning a wedding, which is also going so great because of the global pandemic. <laughs> she's like, she's multi-talented, folks. Wedding planner, writer, poet, actress. Um, actually, the way that, I mean, probably, we knew each other from school, but, um, also the way that you and I really bonded was I had written a script for really, like, I, I, I mean, there was no budget. Um, it was a, it was a, it was a full length film. I don't know what the fuck we were thinking, but I had written a script for that, um, and I had somebody to play uh, the female lead in it, and they dropped out. And when they dropped out, I was like, who else do I know that acts? And the only person I could come up with was Kayla. And when I... Think I think at the time, we had just happened to be, like, catching up on Facebook. Yeah. It was a, it was a kind of a serendipitous thing. Um, I sent you the script. You said yes for some reason. Um... 
and then we were like husband and wife in uh in the little movie which we were yeah we were. it was pretty cool we went from like kind of knowing each other to like spending every waking minute of every day for like a one month period together like zero to six days yeah and it was like very pleasant to find out that we're like we could be totally friends and uh I mean, we've gone, we've gone stretches of time where we haven't talked as much, but I just feel like it's the same, it's the same reason, the same relationship that I have with John and the same relationship that I have with Chris Wazier. It's like, we can go that time without talking. And then it's like, when we see each other, it just immediately is back, you know? Ride the bike, man. Just pick right back up. That's the, that's the beautiful thing. Like, that's what I... That for me, that's that's a that's a solid friendship, you know, where it doesn't. There's no expectations or um, you know concern uh, about you know. Well, why didn't you call me? And all that stuff. I hate that. <laughs> really do. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm super excited to have you on the show, Kayla. I know you've been listening for a like you've been a long time listener of our show, and it's yeah, super cool. Pretty much have. I mean. I kind of forced Ron to agree to have me on. I, I didn't really give you the choice. I was like, so Ron, like, when am I going on the podcast? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just said that enough times until he eventually thought it was his idea. Well, the the, the blackmail photos um, helped the cause, too. Because I feel like if you release those, my career would be over. And it hasn't even started. Uh, so, oh, you have a few of those, too, Kayla? I got, I got a whole album. That's how he got on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can we can trade them like Pokemon cards or something. <laughs> I guarantee you that it's all the same embarrassing shit. You don't need to trade them, okay? I do the same things all the time. Speaking of Pokemon, I actually just watched the Detective Pikachu Pokemon movie the other night. Hot take? Oh. Well, I mean, we did Cats, so it wouldn't have been the worst episode we've ever done. I listened to the Cats episode without having seen Cats. <laughs> yeah, you didn't miss much. Did you actually and end up seeing it? No. No. Not after no, our stellar recommendation? Like I, I felt like I got enough out of the experience just listening to <laughs> talk about it. But also, I was like, if I am going to watch it, I think I have to be, we just have to get like White Girl Wasted and then watch it. I I highly recommend that. I honestly was regretting in the opening seven or eight minutes. I was like, I should have eaten 10 pounds of shrooms right before I started watching this movie. Because I just feel like I would have been like, oh my God. And it probably would have improved the experience, honestly. I probably would have been a lot less critical. I would have been like, it was the most mind-altering, universe-expanding thing I've ever seen, you know? It's pretty high doses of mushrooms, man. I don't know. Not for me. I, you, know, you know, maybe, it's maybe start t- off baby steps. and They're starting to wear off, man. They're starting to wear like, off. Alice in Wonderland, you only need, like, a little bite. No, I'm getting, like, a, an immunity built up. It's, it's fucking it's very sad. I feel like I can no longer get in touch with the uh, the god realm. It's not fun. Um, maybe you've taken so much that you're just in it now. At all times. Like constantly. It would explain maybe, why, like, everything is alive. You know? Maybe it's the opposite. Maybe your real life, like, reality is actually what's super skewed. And when you take the mushrooms, it makes it seem normal. So maybe you're on them right now. You know, it's, it's My crazy. Mind I was is... listening to, um, 
Joe Rogan and Duncan Trussell have a conversation about psychedelics, and you know they were like talking about how you know we had this idea of travel, how we like, move our physical bodies from one place to another, but they were talking about psychedelics, and it's like, well, what if taking psychedelics kind of opens up the uh, like, like just go into like another dimension or like another part of the universe? You know, it's like travel is just not you know the typical idea of travel. I don't know, it was really cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna explain it the way that they did. No, but as good, so I'm just gonna say that was the main point of it. I thought it was really cool, and that's what I have to after this conversation. <laughs> Honestly, like the way that Duncan Trussell talks about, uh, I mean, if anybody out there guy. is is on the fence, he's so funny. He's such a genuine dude. <laughs> if anybody out there is on the fence about psychedelics, you gotta listen to like the Pitchman for psychedelics. Like with the way that Duncan Trussell talks about psychedelics is like the way I mean it's like the way that Pope the Pope talks about God you know what I mean like he is so invested in them um, and he believes in them so wholeheartedly and he's so enthusiastic that it's like it's catching like if he was like a salesman for mushrooms he'd be like a billionaire easy easy he has such like a, a colorful attitude on just everything. He was talking about how the, he was at the psychedelic convention and some guy just kind of offered him, you know, I don't even know what it was called. It was just something that like he snore up his nose and he just started like throwing up everywhere. But like the way he talked about it was like it was like the greatest experience of his life. He was like, yeah, throwing up and like people were walking over and they're like, oh, he's purging. Look at him. And he's like, he's like, like he, uh, the drug. And he's like, do you want to see who made this? And he's like, yes, I do. He's like, but it did Oh. John, we lost you. You cut out. Oh. I think you got to switch over. Oh, no. In the middle of his story. That sucks. Hey, um, leave us on a cliffhanger, why don't you? I know. You're going to have to like, pick that up again. And he was puking, and then... I mean, I he made the face motion that he continued to puke. <laughs> so I think that the, I think I, I if I'm understanding the body language, I think that Duncan Trussell did not stop puking after people um, after people checked on him. He switched over to his phone. This should be easier. Um, all right. He, he's the had, Wi-Fi here is almost non-existent. So if you do lose me, I should be. I'm just gonna move and then I'll be back as well. Yeah, it's so. uh, it's it's uh coronavirus problems so yeah so uh, uh so people checked on him and then he continued to vomit was did we translate oh, yeah. so the, the, the guy that gave him the drug was like do you want to see a picture of the doctor who made this and you know dr trust was like yes but you're still an option very like it's more like it sounded like Bleh! yeah <laughs> showed him this picture he's like he looks like this guy who's just like ready to transform into like a snow leopard or something you know like <laughs> it was just like really cool. it was really fun it sounds pleasant Kayla's Kayla sounds skeptical uh, I'm I'm all in <laughs> what about those of us who are weird enough without help I mean I, I seem experts I think that we could all use a little help. That's what I think. I think even the strangest person, the naturally strangest person, could use a little help. I'm mm. a proponent of extra help. Um, it's none just of us never really been my thing, you yeah. know? No, I mean, like, I, I totally it took understand me until, It took me until college to even, like, drink 
consistently. And even then, like, I would get drunk and I'd be like, mm, hmm. I mean, I guess this is cool. But it grows on you. I mean, now you can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> drunk 24-7. Sorry. I just, I, I just revealed Kayla's uh, secret shame on in front of everybody. In front of our 13% Irish listeners. In front of my mother. In front of your this mother? Oh, no. The real reason he brought you on. It's an intervention. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> it's a secret intervention. There's actually no podcast. That's really been the long con. That's it, yeah. this is. <laughs> we've been recording these episodes because we need to talk. <laughs> I do want to say, just right up front to... Um, I think that you're going to notice a little bit of a change um, in in uh, WT Fada uh, today. We're, we're going to be John and I are going to be a lot less polite um, because there's a lady present. So more polite. I'm sorry. No, no, I lied. Less polite. <laughs> I agree. I agreed with the less polite. That felt that felt more right to me. <laughs> you would. Um. So yeah. Uh... Oh, okay. Talk about what I do for my day job and such as well. Yeah, if you want, whatever you want to share, feel free. Yeah, let the listeners know. He name drops you all the time, so this is the time to really get to know you. I know. I listened to one of the pods one time, and my name came up, and I was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm famous." Thirteen percent <laughs> of people in Ireland. No, I don't think that's how that works. Uh, <laughs> 13% of people in Ireland would be a lot of people. There is not a lot of people in Ireland. <laughs> We're all blown away that our listenership is so high over there. It's like it's like five people. Uh, well, you definitely can't get more Irish unless you were actually Irish. Uh, yeah. It's funny, like, because I'm I'm a little bit Irish, but, like, I know John is... How much, Have you ever checked your percentage? I'm not Irish at all. I don't know what you mean. He's such a I fucking mean, liar. <laughs> a red beard. A so just by looking at you, John, I'm calling bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I've never gone to percentage. Yeah. I don't even know what I am. I think I'm like Irish and French Canadian. A little bit of English. I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. And Kayla, you're, you're pretty Irish too, right? I'm like pretty much all Irish. Yeah. Um, my mom and I were having this conversation yesterday. I thought I was like 1% Polish, and she's like, no one in your family has even been to Poland, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just misremembering my entire childhood, where apparently what I thought was Poland was Portuguese. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I am, I am mostly Irish. I would wager that if I were to get my percentage checked, it'd probably be in the high 90s. There you go. See? It's it's by Irish people for Irish people. The WT Fada. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Fuck those UK listeners. I'm just kidding. Thank you for listening. When <laughs> I am enough Irish that when we went to Ireland two years ago, I blended right in. Somebody asked me for directions. <laughs> but then as soon as I opened my mouth and out came my very American accent they were like oh she does oh, not live here this bitch yeah. doesn't know what she's talking about <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to do my Irish accent but Eric wouldn't let me no. Eric for those of you who don't know is my fiance Yes. and he was like you're gonna get us beat up if you do it <laughs> <laughs> like she's <laughs> 
the, the Irish accent was on lockdown, not allowed the whole trip. <laughs> yeah. But just not allow it. Shout out to Eric as well, uh, one of our other listeners. I know he's listened to Hi, a couple of these. So. Thank you for your continued mad, support. Oh, yeah, he's man. He's not, he's not one. No, he won't be mad. But uh, he's not one to have light shed on him. Oh, no. He does not like the attention. I'm a little worried when the wedding comes around that you're going to be like, you know everyone's going to be looking at you, right? He can wear like a paper bag over his head with like two little eye holes. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. Might be awkward to kiss, though. Just a little. Pictures will come out fabulous. I'm sure. <laughs> it was just his eyes peering out from the darkness. Yeah. <laughs> pretty cool. Um, day job. Well. Yes. Day job. We really do rant on here. Um, so I work as a BCBA, which is fancy term for board certified behavior analyst. Um, so essentially, I work for a home services agency where I work with clients in their homes. Uh, with families, usually with kids with autism and mm -hmm. their parents or whoever it is that's taking care of them. Um, and we work to identify problem behaviors and reduce those problem behaviors, replace them with appropriate alternatives, and then also teach them necessary skills that they have deficits in. So that's usually social skills, language and communication, play and leisure, all those sorts of things. Mm. Um, I am the one who supervises, so I will go in, I'm the one who, like, determines what the behaviors are, I figure out, like, why it's happening, and then I write up a whole plan on how to improve them, and then I teach and train our technicians on how to implement that plan, and then the technicians are the ones who actually implement it, and then, you know, once a week or once every other week, kind of depending on the schedule, I'll go in and I'll supervise and overlap with those texts and see how things are going and modify and vice versa. But definitely the nature of my job has changed because of the telehealth options now that we're doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm not so sure I want to go back to houses. Yeah. You're all <laughs> like done. doing it. Doing it in video is so great. I mean, part of me does miss, like, really playing with the kids. Mm -hmm. But it's actually a lot easier to do the clinical side of the job when I can actually sit and, like, do the clinical side of the job rather than get distracted by working directly with the kids and playing with them. I, I also just want to say that I feel like there's less risk of you getting punched in the face again uh, via yeah. telehealth. Um, one of the times I went to see Kayla to talk about uh, a short film project that we're working on, uh, she had straight up a uh, black eye from being punched by, was it a 10 or 12 year old? Something like that. He was 10, yeah. Yeah, that's not 10 fun. A 10 year old can be pretty fucking strong, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Um, I, honestly, the only reason it really got me is because I 100% was not expecting it. Yeah. Normally, I'm pretty quick. And you got him like, back. You got him back so hard. I saw the pictures of that, too. That kid got fucked up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I get my license revoked. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't think anybody reputable listens to this show. Uh, <laughs> the head of the board committee is like, I heard you on... Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the hunters that like killed an elephant. She was like standing over the kid with like her her leg up on him. 
It's, it's like like a Captain Morgan style pose. Oh, it's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. People are saying to me all the time, they're like, what did you do? And I'm like, oh, nothing. And they're like, you didn't hit him back? I'm like, no! No, of course not. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> we make jokes like that with Haley all the time. She works with um, kids autism as well, so she talks about all the time where like, the kids will take their glasses, and they'll smash them, and mm-hmm. they'll still have the ripper shirt, and they'll smack her. I'm, I'm... I have lost count of the number of times I have been punched in the face. Mm-hmm. I, uh, so the first, so I, so since I moved to home services, there's far less of that, mm-hmm. far, far less. So like, honestly, I've probably only been mm-hmm. hit twice since I've started home services. I previously, I worked in a school that's all one-to-one and those kids are more severe. So these are kids who behaviors are so bad, they can't function in a regular school. So they're in this private school. The entire school is one-to-one. So every single student in the entire school has a staff member that is mm. one-on-one with them. And it's pretty amazing. Um, I worked there the first week that I was there. I was working with a kid, and I had a denim jacket on, as you do when you work with fighters. Mm-hmm. And um, he, you know, he got set off. He had a huge tantrum. He bit right through my denim jacket, and I still Ooh. have his dental imprint in my arm to this day. And wow. that was probably two, three, four, five, maybe five or six years ago. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I don't I, know if you can see. You probably can't see it through video. You can see, like, oh, a little Jesus. mark here. Yeah. But the rest of it goes around this way, oh, sorry, around this way, and you can see little white marks of where is each individual teeth, tooth, tooth, tooth teeth, individual teeth. teeth. Tooths. Teeth were. Yeah. Teeth. Teeth. Each individual tooth. Teeth. But then you say teeth. Yeah. 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 Um, that, uh, first of all, I, I was going to say, say Kay was low key as savage. Uh, but that's not, that's not even a low key. That's like a high key. Um, also second question, um, how did it feel? My mom was, was oh. telling me other stories that I should relay, but she's leaving now. So. <laughs> How, uh, she's like, tell them about the time. And I'm like, what? And she's like, poop, poop. We'll, we'll get back to it. Go on. <laughs> How did it feel uh, getting bit by a child? So sad. Honestly, <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't hurt at first. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize how bit I was. Like, mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, you know, my arm kind of hurts. And then I took my denim jacket off, and it was like, he bit me. Like, it looked like a zombie bite. So I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> was there, he, he must have broke skin if there's scars, oh, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Holy yeah, shit. He broke skin, but it was like, he broke skin in a way that I wasn't <clears throat> eating. Really? So I don't know how many layers of skin that you have to go through. Like, they were, like, yeah. clean cut. It was weird. Like, you could see the blood, but it wasn't actively bleeding if that makes sense it was almost like it was white mm-hmm. um i'm not sure what the technical term for that is k was a west world it was robot more bruised. yeah it was more bruised than anything else yeah and then i was i went home and <laughs> i went home and i went look what i got today <laughs> you're all proud <laughs> 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 
<laughs> it, it essentially is like in this field, anyone who works in this field will tell you their, you know, their story about the first time they got bit or hit or kicked and everyone carries some sort of scar with them. And it's like the bigger the scar, the bigger the badge of honor. It mm-hmm. is almost like, you know, being initiated into this really strange cult. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I kind of tell that story back with pride, but I have to tell you, I have not been bit since. Well, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. I definitely learned from my mistake. And I, if I see a bite, hits, kicks, I've definitely been hit a hundred times since then. But anybody coming out with me, with me teeth, it's like I've got a spidey sense. Mm-hmm. And that shit, like, if they're coming with teeth, I'm like... Right. Yeah, you know what's up. All of a sudden have super fast reflexes. Yeah. I've been bit by customers at Stop and Shop many times. Um, you know, honestly, that wouldn't surprise me if that was a true story. <laughs> um, isn't that sad? Um, <laughs> well, that's why I shop and, stop and shop. Because like, whenever we move to bite people, I'm like, was wrong. <laughs> John... So yeah, I should I should be more specific. So it's not multiple customers; it's just John. Uh, John keeps biting me at work. I never see him coming. It's pretty horrible. Um, I mean, it is. A, some people like foreplay, you know. He's, he's a fan of foreplay. He really is. He needs but it. He needs it. Um, I have to say, I preferred being bit. Well, and then like. That was really bad for a couple of weeks after. And then, like, you know how bruises form? The, the better they get, the worse they look. Yeah. I have, I still have pictures on my phone. It basically looked like the constellations. Ooh, <laughs> like, it fun. looked like, like, stars on my skin almost because it was, like, purple and yellow. Wow. And it created yeah. some cool colors. Hubbled. Everybody's like, where'd you get that tattoo? <laughs> I prefer being hit rather than being pooped on. Yeah. I'll take, I'll take the hits over the poop. <laughs> Me too. Any day yeah. of the week. Yeah. Um, I think we all can agree. I, <laughs> it, so I primarily worked with more aggressive kids. Yeah. Um, I do better with them. Recreation is my kind of specialty when it comes to the field. <clears throat> Um, I had to work with, and I usually work with the slightly older kids, so from like 5 to 20. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't typically work with any kids under 5, usually like actually like 8 to 18. 8, eight to 19 is the range I have right now. Um, I took over, I had to cover for one of my other staff one time working with somebody that was in kindergarten when I worked in a school. And they were like, oh, you're going to go to kindergarten it's the mind you. I was supposed to go to a wedding. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to have the day off, and then they told me I couldn't have the day off and I had to come in. So I was like, okay, but I have to leave at a certain time. And that certain time came. They were like, you can't leave, and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So my friend was like, I'm going to schedule you with this girl. She's in kindergarten, and you guys are just going to play for the last block, and it's going to be easy peasy, and you're going to have like so much fun last block, and then you can get out of here right. Away. Send her on the bus and get her out of here right away. Oh, no. That is not what happened. <coughs> she, mind you, I've never been to a kindergarten wing before. It is terrifying. <laughs> I'm thinking of they Toy Story 3 monsters. right now. I'm thinking of Toy Story and 3. Essentially. Yeah. 
Or like in Finding Dory when they've got all the hands coming through like the kitty touch pool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> smashing fish. Yeah. But uh, she essentially she pooped, and then we took her to the nurse, and we were trying to clean her, and it went everywhere. Like it was all off her back. It was like everywhere. We were trying to clean her up, but she kept sticking her hands in it. So like you've got one hand to stop her. And then you've got the other hand stopped. So now you're holding both her hands, which are both full of poop. And you're like, I, I'm out of hands. Unless I grow other hands, I don't. There's, there's no way to do this. So then she was like grabbing onto my head. Oh no! With, with all of the poop in her hands. And so, eventually, now I'm late because like, I'm much later than I was supposed to leave. Mind you, later than the rest of the school day because we're in the nurse's office just like trying to handle this eventually my friend comes and she's like i was she comes she's like i'm here to leave you i'm so sorry and she just looked her deadpan in the eyes and was like oh you'll hear about this later (laughs) you're sorry (laughs) and then i had to like bounce so now i'm in my car trying to change like on the way to the wedding i thought i got all the poop out of my hair Oh, and then no. I'm at the wedding, no. and I missed, I missed the wedding, so I catch the reception. I'm sitting at the table, and one of my good friends leans over and goes, Kayla, I don't want to be rude, but um, is that is that shit in your hair? Oh. And I was like, yes. Yes, it is. Oh. Like, what do you do then? You're just like, no, I don't have shit in my hair. Like, what are you talking <laughs> you about? Talk- like, you're no, crazy. No, 100% <laughs> had shit in my hair. Wow. And you gotta explain that, right? Like, you get punched in the face, you're like, I got a black eye. Be like, oh, you know, I work with kids with autism, and they punch me in the eye. And everyone's like, oh, wow, yeah, I know that's really cool of you. Off, oh, like, your job was so hard. You show up to a wedding reception with poop in here, and no one wants to hear what your excuse is. <laughs> <laughs> There's no excuse for poop in your hair. No. No, no. No. That's oh man, that I've never heard that story. I'm thank you for sharing. That's this a great story. Beautiful story. You have my mom to thank on her way out. She was like, "Tell them about the poop." Yeah, that is a good story. Thank you, mom. Uh, that is a good story. No, uh, oh, you know she'll she'll listen to the show. Um, she'll hear it. Um, so, <laughs> um, everybody listens to this fucking thing. It's crazy. Um, so yeah. Uh, Kayla Kennedy, um, you know, longtime friend, longtime listener to the show, an actual fucking saint for uh, doing what she does and putting up with that shit. So, you know, thank you so much for saying that. However, if you listen to all of the things I say after I sign off sessions, (laughs) not very saintly. Well, you know, you can't help it. You're drunk. That's, you know, <laughs> lowered inhibitions. <laughs> Last week was a really tough week. Like, there are some days of this job that are really amazing. Mm-hmm. They're, like, really rewarding. And you're like, yeah, I'm good at what I do. I love what I do. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. And then there are other days where I'm just done. Mm-hmm. I've just had enough. And, like, mm-hmm. it is hard. And there is a huge turnover rate in this field because mm-hmm. you get so worn out so mm-hmm. easily. There's just not enough resources not enough people it's like being a teacher but only dealing with the kids in the classroom that have issues yeah and i mean i I worked at the boys and girls club uh in lowell for a little while there and uh 
you know, that shit will drain you fast. And again, I had kids that were fine too. Um, but to be honest, the hardest part of my job is not the kids, it's the parents. Yeah. 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 I get that. Um, but yeah, I was talking to another friend the other day and he was like, I just, you know, I hear sometimes you're so inspirational. And I was like, listen, if you've had a week like I've had, like you would not, you would not believe that you would like, if you had seen some of the things I, I was complaining about afterwards, like I thought I was going to reach through the screen and try and strangle my technician. I was, <laughs> I had to try so hard to stay professional and not just lose my shit yeah because like i have some texts that are so amazing mm -hmm. you know and then i have some texts that are just dumb as a box of rocks yeah and that's giving them credit they don't deserve yeah hear the message mm. that's right <laughs> yeah and again like i said everybody listens to this so they will hear this um but I think the only reason I'm, a one of the reasons I'm able to do my day job is because all of the other projects that we have going on, mm -hmm. you know, it keeps me balanced. Yeah. Um, I get that outlet where I'm able to do stuff. Um, yeah, it just yeah. honestly like balances the key for sure. Oh mm -hmm. yeah. In everything. Um, yeah. I will say that, uh, we're reaching our recording limit. For the off-topic part of the show, which is seldom happens with me and John, but we had we had a lot of stuff to talk about, and we have a new, a new host of the show. Look at that honorary host, bam! Um, so we're gonna have to jump to commercial in a moment, um, and then we're gonna pick up with the topic. Uh, before we go, does anybody have anything else that they want to share? Are we good? I'm good. I'm ready to go. You good? Hold on. All right. I do want to point out how strange it is that, like, so I talked to Kayla the other day um, about John's girlfriend, who is writing a novel. And then I totally forgot that John's girlfriend works with kids with autism. So it's like, you two, you and Haley need to be friends, too. That has to right? happen. Um, I know, that's so crazy. Yeah, shared experiences and stuff, you should bond mm -hmm. instantly. And I know is Haley's going to do... She, yes, I believe, right? I mean, she looks Irish. I, yeah, in German, I believe. Irish and German? Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. I, oh, I, that's a little cooler. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, I know Haley's going to listen to this. Um, so, she'll know that she should reach out to Kayla and they should be best friends. Um, so She'll know exactly what I'm talking about. She's like, oh, yep, yep, <clears throat> I, yep. yep, that's happened to me. Yep, that's happened mm -hmm. to me. <laughs> <coughs> All right. So we're going to jump to commercial, and then we'll be back with, uh, oh, i got to ask John the question, favorite part yeah, of the week. I seen you sparring with a gull. Best they can be. Why is it bad luck to kill a gull? In them's the souls of sailors. What met their maker? All right, John. Uh, what the fuck are we talking about? I'm glad you asked. Today 
talk about a little film called The Lighthouse, a movie about two men who maintain, uh, spoiler alert, a lighthouse, and uh, masturbate themselves into complete and utter madness. Which is essentially what this show is. Uh, I just want to point out that... You know, I was watching this movie, I'm like, I think this was based on Ron and I. I think I, I think Eggers owes us some money. I feel like he got the idea from us. This is like Jay and Silent Bob find out that there was a movie made about Jay and Silent Bob. 100%. We're to get the Hollywood. I'm mad. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, let's see. Uh, where, where do we even... Where do we even start with this? Uh, Kayla, now, all right, let's, let's just, let's quick, so, so we have, as John said, uh, two men maintaining a lighthouse. Um, they are, you know, masturbating themselves into madness. Um, there is a lot of stuff built up in this movie um, pointing towards different mythological stories, um, and I know that the last time you and I talked, uh, you were mentioning a few of them, um, and they're not incredibly hidden, but do you want to talk a little bit about some of the inspirations that you caught? Yeah, so, I, I mean, there's just, there's a lot going on here, mm-hmm. like, it's not just one mythology that's playing out. It's quite a few, mm-hmm. um, which I think is why you're at the end like, what the fuck did just happen? What? What? Mm-hmm. What? Huh? <laughs> yeah. um, the, one that, the one that stood out the most to me was the Greek mythology. Yeah. So you have Prometheus, who was the one who stole fire and then was punished he stole fire from Mount Olympus and gave it to man and then was punished for doing so by mm-hmm. Zeus. Um, and then you also have the tale of Proteus, which is not as well known as Prometheus. And that Proteus was the sea god. He was the keeper of all knowledge. He could change shapes and he could foretell the future. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also mm-hmm. referred to as the old man of the sea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have you have these two characters that basically embody um, these two gods from Greek mythology, with Ephraim being Prometheus and Thomas being Proteus, mm-hmm. and they essentially play out the two different stories as if those two gods were in the same story. Right, it like mixes and, then and matches. When you, I noticed when you look at the rest of the movie in that framework, it makes a lot more sense. Hmm. Yeah. It's like I'm one huge know. allegory. Mm-hmm. I did not know any of that. I mean, I did. I did know the, you know, the reference. You know, at the well, at the end of the movie when um, when he's on the ground, just getting eaten by seagulls. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, all right, I recognize that one. But. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he essentially like falls from the lighthouse, which you could argue represents Mount Olympus, mm-hmm. the light, which is the fire. Mm-hmm. Um. And all that stuff with the weird stuff with, like, the weird-ass sea tentacles, like, mm-hmm. swallowing him into the sea. And all that stuff, you could argue, is Proteus's like, shape-forming. Um, like, the, when I went back and thought about the movie from start to finish, after realizing that was what was going on, it just made, like, ten times more sense to me. Mm-hmm. 
So um, you had yeah. seen it. You had seen it once before. Um, I've only watched it once. You've only watched it once. Okay. Um, yeah, I rewatched it uh, this past week, and was still like, "What the fuck was he doing?" Like, Eggers is such an interesting... He's an interesting director, but we'll get into that. Um, John, th was this your first time through? Yeah, I remember you... You see, but When you first saw it, you brought it up on an episode. And you were like, well, I, I think it's just two guys, like, fighting to try and have sex with those light in the lighthouse. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll definitely check that movie out at some point. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so I, I, yeah, this is my one and only time watching it. Yeah, there's a, uh, there's definitely like a, for me, one of the things that really stood out to me was I remember watching the trailers for this, and I was thinking about Eggers is from around here, um, and he had done The Witch. Um, or the Vivitch, depending on how you want to pronounce that title. Um, and I was kind of thinking about the lighthouse in that framework, given the gloomy atmosphere. Um, I was sort of <clears throat> preparing myself for that same type of experience. Um, the witch being very slow um, and very intense uh and scary uh and then when i watched the lighthouse i went to the first time i saw it i was in a theater i was in a theater where a gaggle of 14 year old girls had somehow gotten in to see this movie so every willem dafoe fart um and every reference to uh the the self-pleasure that is is put on full display uh just elicited a, a, a cacophony of giggling uh, from further back in the theater, which was, uh, on the one hand, uh, frustrating, and on the other hand, hilarious. Um, I cannot <laughs> imagine trying to see this in theaters, because I had to pause it several times just to have a moment to myself to go, the fuck? Yeah. And, and then also, we had to put the subtitles on at one point. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they don't play. <laughs> Uh, Eggers is, uh, you know, talking about the witch, I think Eggers is very, very specific in his dialogue and very, very specific with his actors, because I felt the same way in the witch, uh, particularly the father character in the witch. I, I just, I cannot understand a fucking thing he's saying. I, I still am not sure. I just know he's there. Their accents were on point, for sure. Like, yeah. it wasn't the acting. It was, like, part of just that, like, they were talking low and fast and in the accent and mm -hmm. they were saying things they weren't you know speaking with the same dialect they weren't speaking with a modern dialect mm -hmm. you know they were speaking with in period yeah piece. so you know if you're not if your ear is not attuned to listening to that same rhythm uh you know you're not going to catch a lot of it it honestly it wasn't until we put the subtitles on and i was catching more of what they were saying that i was able to put a lot of the pieces together about the mythology and like what was actually playing playing a role there yeah um but yeah so the like the he's definitely eggers is definitely all about like this new england vibe for sure oh yeah yeah i mean this was you know it's funny i, I you know i think of when i think of the witch i think very much of the land there's so much 
uh, about farming and about setting out for new territory and the woods and this, you know? It's like, I think very much of the land, and then this, it's very much the sea. And I'm like, I wonder if, like, he's building towards something, if the next, you know, the next one's going to be about a haunted hot air balloon or something. Um, but his, uh, his style is, uh, is so, you know, it's painstakingly specific. And I think that one of the things that results in that is, uh, a form of, like, hypnosis. I don't know if anybody else feels this way, but, like, I, I can't watch... I, I have a hard time analyzing Eggers' movies, clearly, because I was like, I think two guys tried to fuck a light. Um, so <laughs> I have trouble with that, but it's because at a certain point, I'm so, like, my brain just turns off and I'm so wrapped up in what he's uh, putting in front of me that I, I just, I, I, I do have difficulty uh, kind of processing um, what his films are about. And I feel like he's already clued into the fact that he does that, and this is, I think this is his second time up to bat. I don't think that there was any other, I don't know what short films or anything like that, any of his, like, formative work was, but I think he already knows that he does that, because I felt like the plot point in the film of them uh, kind of questioning how long they had been there, uh, I was having that happen to me in the theater. I was like, when did I sit down to watch this? Like, have oh I been watching God. this for six hours? By the time hours? I got to the end, I was like, how fucking long is this movie? We've yeah. been sitting here for eons. Yeah, it's weird how he does it. I, I don't know if it's a skill that you can learn either. I feel like I it's just one that he has. wouldn't necessarily count it as um, something to be proud of. No. No, no. I, I feel like we could talk about this like a little bit later when we talk, you know, when we talk about our initial reactions and stuff. But I, I, it shouldn't. So it runs like it runs like theater, mm-hmm. which is great. Like it feels very much like a play, mm-hmm. and he he definitely utilizes some theater like aspects that I definitely commend him for, like the sounds in the house and like particularly that those scenes where they're at the table having dinner. Mm-hmm. or the scenes where they're they have the two beds up in the attic or you know in the bedroom like it, it reads very much like a play which as a theater person i very much appreciated but it'll teach you in theater the minute that your audience feels like what they're watching is too long then you've made a mistake somewhere it shouldn't feel long it's interesting. it can be long but it shouldn't feel that way yeah, we've had conversations about that before on, on different movies. We've had movies that we watched that were three hours long, and it's like, wow, it didn't really feel that bad. Right. There are other movies that, you know, between like an hour and a half, two hours, and it's like, when the fuck is this thing going to end? Yeah, how long was Cats? <laughs> <laughs> like four days. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... Yeah, cat cats was one hour and fifty minutes, and it easily felt like it was it was three to four times longer than that. What a fucking nightmare! Um, but yeah, no, I I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, and part of it is because I there's a couple of movies that feel infinitely long. There's a couple of movies that feel longer than their runtime that I actually love. 
Um, but I think, I think that there's, for me, there's a tipping point. It's either you're so boring that it feels long, or you're so hypnotic that your audience is forgetting, like, time as a construct, you know? I think what happened, I think what happened here, right, is that, so normal, so a regular movie will have a plot line, and you're following in chronological order this plot line. There's an event, and there's an inciting incident, and then an event, and then another event, and another event, and you can follow along, and all kind of builds towards something. Mm-hmm. But in a movie like this one, and, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but in a movie like this one, you're not really ever working up towards anything. So the entire time, your audience is sitting there wondering, like, okay, what is the plot? What what are we working towards here? Like, what's going on? What's happening? It's not until you reach the end of the movie, and it's really not actually until after the movie is over and you're sitting there thinking about it that you kind of piece together, like, what the whole point of that was. Mm-hmm. So it's more like image, 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 image. Right. And like all of these images lined up together have relate to this mythology and that story and this mythology and this ideal. And like, there's just like, it was just so jam packed with all sorts of different things that I felt it was a little difficult for me to like hold on to Mm -hmm. in a way to keep that kept my interest. So I definitely felt myself like waning out during it and being like uh, and then coming back then then something interesting would happen and i'd come back but honestly i think the only reason i made it to the end of that movie was one the cinematography was incredible mm-hmm. and the performances from robert pattinson and willem dafoe were like exceptional and i yeah. i think those two things were what kept me watching yeah i mean i once I started picking up on like some of the homoeroticism, I was just excited to potentially <laughs> see Batman and the Green Goblin make out. Um, that was that was my that's what held my interest. I was like, "Come on, do it, do it!" I don't know why I was I was really invested in that. Disappointed it didn't happen. Um, and then every time we were like about to get somewhere, you'd have a scene where they'd be like, "Okay, here's a mermaid vagina." In case you were wondering what that looked like. Yeah. I was, you never really see one anywhere else, so it's like, you know, that was kind of like an educational piece for me, you know. <laughs> I, just, I just kept being like, does it need to be that large? It's like the biggest vagina I've ever seen. Def- <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know what mermaids mate with. I mean, it's the fish I don't half. Say, and... I, like, I don't know, man. Could be a whale. I'm just saying, I, I mean, it might I, actually. You his whole body in that thing. Like, how big is his dick? Pattinson's? It's very large. I've seen it. He sends me pictures sometimes, and I'm like, dude, stop. He won't. Um, He's a big fan of the show, too. Um, Does it all fit in one picture? I mean, jeez. He does the panoramic, so it's like a kind of thing. It's very... It's like a landscape. It's beautiful. Um, But, so you know the last time we were talking about this, you were kind of disappointed that they never kind of had their homoerotic moment like there was all this tension but there was never really like anything yeah so i was i was thinking about it and if you look at this entire thing as one big analogy for these for prometheus and proteus proteus is a shape-shifting form you could argue that the mermaid he fucks is proteus it's very possible i think too that like probably was i mean he he when he was watching him on top of the lighthouse doing his thing and, you know, <laughs> stripping and everything. And then he sees the tentacles. I mean, yeah. when he was, 
I mean, when he was holding that little figure, too, and he was kind of doing his thing, all these images are going through his head, and, and I mean, the tentacles were there. Mm. And the mermaid, so... I think you're on to something there, Kayla. Yeah. God of the sea and all. I heard, Shit, um... God. I, I heard somebody say that it's a film about two men uh, struggling with their uh, identities, sexual and otherwise, inside of a giant penis. That's pretty much the plot that's that's it and i'm like yeah yeah i guess that that's accurate yeah um would you like to hear about some of the other influences other than greek mythology sure bring them so apparently there is also a story that this was very 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 loosely based on yes uh, um where that's where the thomas name comes from mm-hmm so you have this story of these two men, Thomas Griffiths and Thomas Howell, mm-hmm. um, who kept, were two keepers of this like really remote lighthouse off the coast of Wales. It was called Smalls, um, who were notoriously hostile toward each other. Like people knew them in town, and like they like didn't like each other. And then Griffiths suddenly died under mysterious circumstances. And then there's some other like legends about what he did with the corpse that are very, like, Edgar Allan Poe-ish. Yes. And then you also have the the manuscript that Edgar Allan Poe was working on called The Lighthouse. Yes. But it was never it was never finished, to my understanding. No, I, I don't believe it was. I think that they speculate that he died, like, as he was writing it. Um, yeah. And there's even debate as to whether you're looking at a short story or a novel. Um, that being said, and I've never sat down and read... Uh, Edgar Allan Poe's The Lighthouse, um, but just as an incomplete work, what a haunting fucking story. Like, it is so creepy. So, the plot of Edgar Allan Poe's The Lighthouse, it's all in, uh, in diary entries, right? And basically, like, on January 1st, this dude arrives at a lighthouse, and he's very excited about, uh, being alone. Um, it's just him and his dog, um, and I'm trying to remember if I, if I read, his dog is Neptune, right? So again, we're already, like, dipping into that mythological realm, right? Um, but he arrives, and he's writing in the thing about how excited he is just to have time with him and Neptune, and no, no distractions, he's working on a book, uh, can't wait to get started, right? And then... The second entry, you know, it's just the first four days of the year is, is this story. So January 2nd, he says the sea was calm and uneventful, um, that the wind lulled at uh, daybreak, and he continued to talk about his passion of being alone, right? Um, on the third day, this dude is saying the same thing. Calm, nothing's going on, everything's fine, right? Uh, but... He's starting to explore the lighthouse. He's starting to feel uncomfortable about uh, the safety of the structure because he can hear it kind of straining against the wind and stuff, right? And uh, the last line there says, uh, it says, the basis on which the structure rests seems uh, to me to be chalk. And then the fourth entry is just the date. Like, he got just to the date, and then 
people are like, did he, did he fucking die? Like, is that, is that what that story is? You know? Um, like, there's even people that are like, no, Edgar Allan Poe finished it. Like, the whole thing. Like, the, the third day, the dude's like, I think the structure might be unsafe. And then the fourth day, something terrible happened to him. Uh, so, I don't know. But as a, as a small little story, I'm like, I, I really like that story. I think that's fucking interesting as shit, you know? I like that idea. Although, I think, so, if you think about the, the tale, the semi-true story that it's from, mm -hmm. right? I was reading up on that because I hadn't heard of it before until I kind of looked into it. And they were saying that the, so one of the Thomases dies, right? The one that would have been Ephraim, mm -hmm. if you were to pair them up. And um, he dies and then he, the older man puts him in a coffin and hangs him up because he didn't, for some reason, he didn't want the corpse like washed up something i don't know so he like hangs him up whatever but it uh, goes wrong because there's some storm happens and then the, basically breaks the coffin and then he just has the corpse like hanging up on the side of the house or the lighthouse and instead of like not having to look at the corpse anymore he now has this corpse like dangling from the rope and banging against the side of the house every time the wind moves. Whoa. So it sounds like the corpse is like knocking and trying to get in, oh, which is man. very like Edgar Allan Poe-ish, yeah. right? Like something yeah. beating hard underneath the floorboards, right. driving you insane, driving you crazy. Um, so I thought it was interesting, and I do think Edgar's plays with this a little bit. One, because he definitely uses their names as inspiration, but mm -hmm. that whole scene where he's, like, painting on the side of the lighthouse, mm -hmm. and then he kind of lets go, and he's hanging for a little bit. Yeah. Or he, gets, like, gets dropped and then hurts his leg, and, yeah. you know, and all of those things. And, like, you talk about if it's two men struggling with their identity. I always thought it was, like, super weird that Ephraim was all of a sudden, like, oh, Ephraim's not my name, my name's actually Thomas, and it was, like, your name just happens to be the same exact name as that guy. Like, come on. Yeah. And then I saw, and then I saw this story that they were actually both named Thomas, and I was like, oh, maybe that's what they were getting at. Hmm. Yeah. But it has. Or maybe they weren't. And I, for a while, when I was watching it, I kept thinking that Robert Pattinson's character Ephraim was just fucking crazy, and that they were actually this him and Willem Dafoe were the same person, just years split apart. Yes. Um, yeah, I was thinking something like that too. That they ended up might might being might being the same person at some, at some point in some way. But I wasn't sure how that was going to happen. Well, well, they definitely played at it because like Willem Dafoe's character had a limp and then he didn't have a limp and then it came back and then like and then Robert Pattinson's character falls off the fucking lighthouse onto his leg onto his knee and like basically broke his leg. And I'm like, is that where the limp came from? Yeah. Like. Yeah, I that's like that's a popular um, a popular theory out there. There's a lot of people that have compiled evidence to suggest that they are one and the same. Um, and I, as you know, I don't know how that. If you play that out, I don't know what it does to the like, <clears throat> like what it does to the meaning of the movie. Like you mix that with the idea of. Prometheus and Proteus and if you do that and you're like well Proteus is the keeper of all knowledge and then uh, Prometheus is the person that stole fire from the god and the gods and fire being like a stand-in for knowledge it's almost like saying that 
like that knowledge is within right it's almost like this like it almost ca carries into like almost like a buddhist type mentality of like your your journey of self-discovery out in the world is actually like reflected back at you you know and that the Willem Dafoe version of him that is much older has already has learned this whereas the younger version of him is still striving for some external source you know of knowledge and you could go even further to say that, like, if he refuses to look within, so in the plot, he kills, or tries to kill, it's kind of unclear to me, Willem Dafoe's character, basically burying him alive, refusing to look within himself, and still looking at that external force of the light, mm -hmm. which ends up killing him, and he's going to feel like eagles are eating out his insides until he actually looks at himself, which he can't because he buried it alive. Yeah, and he's lost at least one eye from that that mm -hmm. shot so like yeah. he's blind um i did want to bring that up too the previous lighthouse keeper um the, the previous partner to willem dafoe uh met a terrible demise as well and there's i don't know if it's ever like stated explicitly but there is a a scene in which pattinson you know apparently is dreaming this um, but he's pulling up like a lobster trap from the side of the cliff. And when he gets that trap up into view, uh, there's a head in it. And yeah. I, I think it's speculated that that's the head of uh, Willem Dafoe's like previous partner. And that head is also missing an eye. So then it's like, well, is it, is it like, you know, like is it's either that you're looking at it and you're saying that Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson, are the same person, or you're saying that, Willem Dafoe is always like the keeper of the White House and the people that arrive there always go through the same transition. You know what I mean? They always go through the same set of circumstances. They always wind up climbing the steps of the White House uh, after they've done away with him and, and then falling and, and having the seals pick them apart, you know? See what you're saying, but I think you have to figure out whose point of view this story is actually from. Because if it's from Proteus's view of the story, he can tell the past, present, and future. And mm -hmm. I would imagine that at any given moment, you're not really sure whether you're looking at the past, the present, or the future. Right. Yeah, I. I think. So it might be them like colliding. Right. Which is like also. Ahead of his future self, mm -hmm. and it also it ties into it ties in very nicely with the idea that you're um, you're losing track of time here. You know, I think Willem Dafoe is the person that brings it up. Willem Dafoe is like, "How long have we been on this rock?" And he's like, "Has it been a day, three weeks?" You know, so the fact that you have that there does kind of lend itself to the idea that we might not actually be seeing things quite clearly. Like, we're seeing things in almost a non-linear fashion, but it's not... It's like, when you watch Chris Nolan do non-linear, there are cues, you know, where he kind of... He lets you know when things are happening. But yeah. in The Lighthouse, you can read it like you're watching it from start to finish, but... You might not be. Yeah, it's a possibility. You might not be. But then they add in that whole factor of him telling this story of when he used to be a logger 
and essentially he admits that he killed mm -hmm. Ephraim, the real Ephraim. Yes. Yeah. And it's like what? What? How does that play into it? Like if you're if you're sticking to this idea, how does that play a role into it? And like how does that change the story? And it's just like you reach a point where your mind's just like, you know what? It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The 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 past of um of Pattinson's character is an interesting kind of topic to look at too, because I think again we have a boss who is dying um, as a result of his action or inaction, right? So this is this is Pattinson. This is the second time that Pattinson has done this to a boss, more or less. Um, which I find... I, I find kind of... I don't know how I feel about it. I, I was reading some interpretations of it and the fact that Pattinson carries on with Ephraim's name. And there were some people that were trying to draw the conclusion that um, that it's like a, a person who is married keeping the name of their widow after the, the, they're, they're departed after they've passed. And I don't really feel like that's what's going on. Uh, like, I think they were trying to... I think to... it has more to do... Yeah, I think it has more to do with identity. And it's also yeah. like, okay, if he took on Ephraim's name, he takes on... When he says, oh, my name's not Ephraim, my name's actually Thomas, is that actually his original name? Or does he already know that he's going to plan on killing Thomas later and he's now assuming the next victim's mm -hmm. name? Right. He's taking It's a very serial killerish thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that they, they're misinterpreting... I think what they were trying to do is build a case around, like, this is a movie about homoeroticism, you know? Um, and and that was their, that was a through way for them to do that, where it's like, okay, so he's taking the name lovingly of this person um, who he must have been in love with, just like he's in love, or, you know, maybe is in love with Willem Dafoe in the White House, you know? Um, but it just, you know, it, it, there's a lot of problems with it and it doesn't track for me and i think that like so it's also like if you're alone in a lighthouse with only one other thing to fuck like do you really have to be in love with it <laughs> to be attracted to it i mean you don't have to love something to fuck it even if you're not in that extreme circumstances i yes i agree um <laughs> <laughs> like i have plenty of options other than john but i i just i you know hey man i don't blame him he coming back He's a honeypot. I can't help it. Um, John, what were, your, what were your initial thoughts on Washington? Yeah. yeah. Well, not anything you guys are talking about, because, I mean, I'm not familiar with Greek mythology. It's been a long, long, long time since I've, I've dived into that. Um, but, no, this movie, it was, I mean, being the average viewer, you know, not knowing the mythologies behind some of these things, it was, I didn't know what the fuck I was watching. I was like, there's the tentacle mermaid vagina, there's Willem Dafoe with his crazy ass motherfucking eyes. And it was, um, you know, it was just, it was tough to follow. I didn't see what, like, what the plot point was there. Mm -hmm. I was like, who's the villain? Is it the seagull? Because the seagull's, like, really pissing the dude off. <laughs> no, it, was, it was interesting. I, I mean, watching it, I know there was definitely more to it that I didn't know about, but, 
I just didn't have a chance to do like the research on it. Like I watched it. I try and watch these movies as close to the podcast as possible, so it's fresh in my mind. Mm. But yeah. after watching it, it was clear that there was a lot of research to be done to figure out what the fuck was going on. Mm. But I mean, I think there's an argument to be made that like if you have to do research to understand a movie, did it really make its point? Well, I think uh, you know, I think that's why I haven't heard much about the lighthouse other than from Ron. Hmm. There was never a movie that was just out there like, hey, you need to see The Lighthouse. Hey, watch The Lighthouse. You know, hmm. I think it was for a a selective, selected group of, uh, you know, like a select audience, you know? Yeah. You know, I don't think it was for everybody. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to play devil's advocate for uh, Kayla's point, though, because I do, I, I do kind of like stories where the meaning is concealed um, and where I do have to take, uh, some time to kind of process everything that happened. Um, mm-hmm. but I also think that there are good ways to do it and bad ways to do it. Right. So for me, <clears throat> you know, I think a good way to do it is where I feel like, okay, I have all of the pieces that I need to put together the puzzle, you know, and learning about it and researching about it deepens my respect for it, and I start to notice the subtleties of all of these things, right? Um, and in no way am I, am I, you know, making... Look, I'm going to bring up a movie that does kind of the opposite of what I just described, um, and it's in no way saying that I don't enjoy this movie, but there is a a kind of mixed match potpourri quality to all of the pieces. And it's so obscured that I don't think that there's an answer. And then when they asked the person that made the film about it, they kind of said that too. So it's like, well, then what were you making? You know? Um, And I hate to do it, but it's Jordan Peele's uh, Us, which is very, very compelling very interesting it's about a family um it's an african-american family that they go on vacation like the first night they're there um there is uh they they're made aware that there are people outside and the father kind of puts on a brave front and is trying to intimidate this group of people uh but they slowly start to realize that they're actually like doppelganger versions of themselves um, that are there to cause all sorts of harm. Um, and through the course of the movie, you also find out that there are even more, um, that there are even more, uh, this is not an isolated incident, right? So it's like all across America and all across the world, there are doppelgangers of people rising up uh, and basically uh, their goal is to kill their original selves and take their place. Um, it's interesting to watch. It's scary. It's actually surprisingly funny, uh, at many points. Um, but does it feel like if I'm deciphering a, uh, am I, you know, if I'm looking at all these pieces and I'm, doing the research, and I'm trying to put them together, I'm trying to make sense of what all this is about, uh, 
I keep running into dead ends, you know? So for me, it's like mixing and matching all of these things and, and throwing them together um, without a set goal, you definitely achieve Mysterious, and you're definitely intriguing on first watch, but because I don't feel like there is an, a solution, I also I, I kind of disengage from it relatively quickly. Whereas in the case of this movie, I do feel like the answers are kind of right there. Like, uh, once you know what's going on, it's like you said, you, 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 once you cued into the Greek mythology part of the story, um, you started piecing it, it together. Lot, yeah. And it, it started getting rewarding, sense. you know? I like to be rewarded for that extra work, you know? Yeah, I do, I do however feel like there was, like, there, I mean all the things that were going on were interesting in and of their own regard. But like while I was watching it, I did tend to feel disengaged. Like it wasn't keeping my interest. And like, I am for, I am one for like not giving the ending to your audience and not like spelling it out for them. But I do have to believe that the director knows exactly what it is that they're saying, that the director has all of the answers to the questions, because if they don't, then why are they making the movie in the first place? True. Like, you should be making a movie for its message, essentially. I mean, there are other reasons to make a movie, obviously. But, like, essentially, like, I feel like the director should have the answer. Whether he tells the audience what that answer is is an entirely different story. Mm -hmm. And it can be ambiguous. It can leave us on a cliffhanger. And if he doesn't answer that question, then it's like, okay, well, what does that in and of itself say about the message, right? Mm -hmm. Like, but I think, like, for, when you think of, like, Inception, when people are like, did it wobble or did it not wobble? Like, oh, my God, is it real? Is it not real? Yeah. Like, that, it's like, well, that's not the point, mm. right? I, th I think part of that is, like, that's not the point of the movie, Mm -hmm. But the director does know the... I feel like the director or the screenwriter or whatever, like, they do know the answer to that question. Otherwise, how can you move forward with making these types of movies? Yeah, I think you have to have... And I think in the if case of If you don't know Inception, what the answer is, then the audience is going to feel very disconnected from your movie. Yeah, and in, in the case of Inception, I mean, that is... You know, Nolan's somebody that, like, he does not... He does not... Uh, waste anybody's time. He's a very efficient uh, filmmaker, and he really thinks out what he's doing. I'm sure he knows whether that's right. possible. Like, you, you, know? you can make an argument for either answer, right? Like, and you can mm -hmm. sit there, but most people who sit there are like they eventually come to a decision on their own. Mm -hmm. But at no point did I feel like the director didn't know. Yeah, or, it felt like whatever it was that you were telling, it was very. You might not be clear to you, but you could feel that it was all set, right? Yeah. Right. I feel like this movie didn't do that. I felt like I felt like maybe the director doesn't actually know the answers to the questions that he's posing, and it's. Mm -hmm. I mean, it might be. It might just be a different type of movie, and that might have to be something that you accept. You know, it could be something that he maybe he's evolving into a different genre of movie. Like, mm -hmm. but for me, it wasn't like my. It's not the kind of movie I think I want to see too often. Hmm. Yeah, I I think too that <clears throat> I think that there is a definite divide between the questions that a movie like Inception is asking and the questions that a movie like The Lighthouse are asking, right? So when I think about yeah. The Lighthouse, 
you know, you're you're talking about like who are these two fictional characters, right? That that's what your that's what your movie's about. Now I don't know them. Like I just started watching the movie, so I, I don't know them. I'm not invested in that question. So leaving things up to ambi like that ambiguity, um, it's like well. As much as I want to be like, huh, I wonder what he was getting at, and like doing the research, and it is rewarding to see the different pieces come together. Um, but I also, ultimately, it, the question I don't care about, right? So it's like, okay, like I, yes, I've, I guess I've figured out that the characters are like analogs for two Greek gods, but they don't, they don't mean anything to me, personally. Right? Yeah, that's my point. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I feel like I'm like. I, they're inaccessible in that way. And the big difference between that and something like Inception is that when you watch Inception, they're asking, they're asking, they're asking a question where it's like, is it better to have a real, authentic life that isn't perfect? Or would you walk away from it entirely and take something that's inauthentic and is perfect? And that's why the top is such a compelling moment, because you're watching it, and because he withholds that information from you before he keeps, before he actually shows you which way that goes, he cuts away. And the whole, like, it, it's easily summed up. The whole point of Inception is it doesn't matter uh, to Nolan. I think in Nolan's estimation, it, it doesn't matter if something's real or not. If it makes you happy, then. It, it has value, you know? Um, so that's a much more, that's a, that's a universal question that we can all tap into. And, you know, you can write a script with characters in your head that you know inside and out, and you're completely invested in, I wonder who they are, or what they're going to do, and all that stuff, but there's nothing, there's nothing for us as audience members who just met them to really, like, latch onto. You know? Yeah, it was hard. It was hard to hold on to, and I think that was my biggest problem with this movie is that there wasn't enough substance, mm. and that it was there was just so much going on that they never really hit more than surface level image. Like, they, I mean, the imagery was amazing, and it gives you lots to think about. But at the end of the day, it's like, what are you actually thinking about? And like, did at the end of the day, like, did you care? Mm. There are definitely some movies. I think there are two types of movies, right? So like. There are movies that you watch, and then the further removed you get from the movie, you like it even more. Mm -hmm. So, like, the more you think about the movie, the more you appreciate it. And then yes. there are other movies that you kind of enjoy when you're watching them, but then, like, the longer it's been since you've seen the movie, you kind of are like, oh, it doesn't really hold up anymore. Um, you know, it wasn't as great as I imagined it. I don't think I'd want to watch it again. Or it's like one of those movies where you're like, oh, I enjoyed watching it, but like holding up, I could agree it's not a good movie, right? Mm -hmm. I definitely think this is one of those movies where I appreciated it a little more the farther removed I am from it. Because when I first watched it, when we were done watching it, I was like, what? what the fuck did we just watch and why did I just waste my time with that? Yeah. Yeah. It definitely... Yeah, I mean, this movie not, you know, not catching up on a lot of like the Greek mythology uh, references there. It was like, I was trying to figure out what this could possibly be about. And it kind of almost seemed like to me, it was kind of almost symboled like someone's internal struggle to find fulfillment. You know, like the only time these two characters get along mm. is when they're drunk. 
right? And then otherwise, it seems like, you know, Willem Dafoe's character is very hard on Robert Patton's characters. So it kind of represents like somebody who's like very hard on themselves. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that makes them happy is when they drink. And they're like always trying to find ways to like make themselves happy that aren't healthy ways of doing that. You know, like there was that scene where he's aggressively trying to get off and it just, it just doesn't happen. Mm. You know, like this in... I'll try to piece that together there and think that maybe it's it's just it, it represents someone's internal struggle to find film and happiness, you know, and, and you know, they have that conversation about you know, Willem Dafoe talks about, you know, about drinking and, and how it's the only thing that kind of keeps him sane. You know, he talks about his crew in reference to that and keeps him jolly, but yeah, it was like a lot kind of going on there. It's kind of hard to piece together. Oh yeah, it's it's obscured, you know. I think Edgar's, um, you know, I I think that he crafted a very very nice looking movie around a simple idea that maybe he didn't flesh out entirely. You know, like mm-hmm. I I I left the lighthouse with a favorable opinion of it one reason is because i love movies that give you a final image that you're like why you know i love that um so that was a big point for me that 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 like raised it and i also felt like yeah i kind of i was like kind of like man what are they doing what what is he up to the entire time which so like my engagement level was pretty high um which is also important to me I feel like the lack of answering that question, though, is what kept me disengaged. That's, yeah. So, so I feel like I was on the opposite side of you on that one. Like, the lack of, you know, having to think so hard about what's happening mm-hmm. kind of made it easier to tune out. Yeah, I think, so, my engagement was high, but ultimately, like, this, this podcast, right, this came about because... Kayla and I were talking, and I knew that John and I had no idea what we were doing this week. Um, and when Kayla and I were talking, we sort of stumbled upon uh, the White House as a topic. And then she said that that's the one that's that's one of the movies that she wants to come on and talk about. Um, if that had not happened, I don't know that I would have watched it again, uh, and I, I don't know if I will watch it again now. Um, I didn't watch it again in preparation for this. Although, to be fair, you also said that you guys don't prepare for this show, so I that's felt true. like I was well within my rights. That's true. It's it's a very <laughs> ragtag operation. As possible. To be clear, I try to keep I I try to really up the value of the show and make it professional. And John just will not stop uh, dragging it down. I don't know. It's it's, it's, it's painful. So I'm here to do. I'm here to sabotage you and do I, we could be world famous at this point if it wasn't for John. Half the times I don't even watch the movies. I just go on there and I'm like, yeah, that part was cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, now you I never just, saw this before, right? And he's like, I, I have not seen it until today, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just have to note that typically I don't get many calls in the afternoon unless it's like a work call. And no one ever wants to talk to me. And now that I am unavailable because I'm talking to you fine gentlemen, I have gotten, like, four calls in the past five minutes from different people. One of, of my friend trying to, like, FaceTime, and I'm like, 
you guys never want to talk to me and the universe knows I'm not available right now and they're like, hey, what's Kayla doing? They they yeah. just, they, they heard that nope. you're on this show and what are you saying, John? Sorry. I said nobody wants to talk to me in general though. Like we're on the podcast, nothing. Yeah. Nada. He has Except to... for me, I've been bugging, I've been bugging Ron. <laughs> I was like, I gotta meet, I gotta meet John. Well, you know, she's drunk. Um, so... <laughs> I also, I was also telling Ron that like you have a very podcast voice. I do. <laughs> and that, yeah, you do. Yeah, because like I hate the sound of my voice, and I always, I have a very thick accent. Sometimes I mumble, so I'm like people listening to me talk are probably like, Jesus Christ, man. No, I have to say I don't mind listening. I don't mind listening to you at all. I definitely get not liking the sound of your own voice, though. I think like every actor and all of the universe has probably experienced that except for matthew mcconaughey whose voice is perfection <laughs> um, a good voice. i've been listening to him so i have like the calm subscription app because i have tons and tons of sleeping problems which is a story for another day but i've been listening to a calm, he tells a bedtime story on this app called calm and oh, yeah. i literally so i struggle to sleep so much so that my boss is actually going to include me in a sleep study Ooh. Mm. And I have never heard the end of that story. <laughs> Not one time. Because Matthew McConaughey lullabies me to sleep every time. Yeah. That's incredible. It's very soothing. The problem is that I sometimes I'll wake up after. Like, it's over. It's only a half-hour story. Mm. So, like, last night I listened to it. And I woke up, like, at the beginning of another story that was playing. So. Where's McConaughey? Oh, my God. His voice. Yeah. Like, lullaby dream. Like. My dream weaver. Be so soothing and so sexy at the same time. It's like, yeah. What I, are you, angel? I, I get a lot of that too. Uh, a lot of fan mail from this show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what the hell are you laughing about? What the fuck? I, I guess that doesn't seem uh, that doesn't seem reasonable to some people. Do they even know where to send your fan mail? Uh. You guys have an email? They just we, we do have an email. A lot of a lot of times they just put um uh you know something like to my inner desires or to my you know dreamland, you know, something like they send it off to that and the, the post office knows where to bring that shit. Um Yeah, for sure. Right to my doorstep. Um mm -hmm. Today's episode is brought to you by the US Postal Service, which if you have something to mail, don't use it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it still I still haven't sent out half my save the dates because the idea of having to go and buy stamps just seems like too much right now. Disgust you. They don't deserve your money, man. I'm sorry. I lost, look, I, I lost $155 uh, because of the U.S. Postal Service. I'm still bitter about it. It's been, wow. it's been several years. Yeah, yeah. You know me. I collect shit. I shouldn't do it, but I do. What's worse, that or the airport losing your luggage? Uh, well, I'm just all right. The airport losing your luggage because I can't imagine traveling somewhere and then getting there and not having everything brought to be fed that trip. Yeah, it's yep, definitely happened to me. Okay, so it depends on what side of that journey you're on, right? Because if you're coming home, there. I would rather lose the dirty luggage. I'd rather lose all my dirty laundry. And then I'll just buy new clothes. I'm excited. Uh, so for me, I think, I think 
if I if the airport loses my luggage, then I have an excuse to buy myself new clothes, right? Um, or I don't have to do laundry, and I still have the excuse to get new stuff. If the U.S. Postal Service loses a collectible, then that thing that I was excited to get is gone forever. Um, yeah. So that that Although, it made me angry. <laughs> usually, when I travel, it's all the best outfits at that moment. It's all, all the outfits I'm like all about, right? That, like during yeah. that time frame. I know? look great in this. Yeah. What do you mean it's, it's gone? All the, it's, all, it's, it's your favorite shirt, your favorite pair of pants. Like, yeah. yeah, that's true. Damn, that is a tough question. I mean, these days I'm just picking what fits. I'm like, well, this shirt fits, so I'll bring this one. Now we have all my shirts that fit. So yeah. Are- <laughs> that sucks. Well, I'm, in such a, I'm in such a weird spot because I like. I lost weight and then I gained it all back and then I lost it and then I gained it back again and then like I haven't really been trying but like I'm in this like weird spot where like my clothes from when I'm bigger don't fit me because they're too big but my clothes that for when I'm skinnier also don't fit me so I'm like in this like weird middle ground so none of my clothes fit they're either like way too big or way too small <laughs> like just, I can't find a happy medium you just so gotta, I either need to just eat more Oreos or <laughs> lose the rest of the weight <laughs> like, I was gonna say invest in ponchos just like a poncho thing in general, you know, seal up the sides, you know, and you got a pon- you, you, it yeah. always fit. I guess. I'm just saying. And also, ponchos, uh, sexiest item of clothing. Um, this episode, again, brought to you by ponchos. We have multiple sponsors on this one. I'm very excited. Um, it's never happened it's a big before. Episode. It's a huge episode, man. It's so long. You're going to have to edit out like 90% of this because it's so long. I'm just going to cut out like anything that I said. <laughs> That's about 90% of it. <laughs> um, John, do you ever get the chance to talk? Sometimes. He's quiet, when, when, though. When Ron has to come back up for air, I'm like, all right, now's my chance. No. I hope I don't. I, don't, I hope I don't lord over the show. I try not to. No, you don't. John, I, I wasn't done. I wasn't done talking. John, uh, <laughs> what I was saying was I hope I don't lord over the show, uh, but I don't really care if I do. <sighs> I Unfortunately, I was raised in a family that constantly interrupts one another, so like everyone talks over anyone, so like you might actually be hearing two stories at the same time because people talk at the same time. So I had to learn that like you needed, if you wanted to comment on something like you needed to do it regardless of who was speaking or whether they were finished speaking you had to butt in you can't wait for space to talk because when you do then like the moment has passed and now they're on to something else and then you want to tell your story but like the moment's gone like and Mm -hmm. now you bringing it up is just weird like Mm -hmm. So I learned, so I constantly find that I'm interrupting other people or really not listening to what they're saying and I'm just worried about what I'm going to say next mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so when I, you know, got to know Eric's family a little more, they're very, they're the opposite, you know? And, like, I would I sit there and, like, as an adult, I try and I wait for my opportunity to speak, and then I very often find that it never comes. And then people are like, "Kayla, you're so quiet." And it was like, "I'm real. If you really knew me, like I'm not actually that quiet. I could talk for hours, <laughs> but I am struggling with the social aspect of finding an appropriate time to speak. Is really what's happening. It's always awkward. 
It's always mm -hmm. it's it's a pain in the ass to like. I I think that that's one of. <clears throat> I, I just want to give you guys a heads up. It, each of these segments has like an hour time cap, so we're gonna have to stop and then we'll come back and we can kind of like finish off. I don't feel like we have too much more to yeah. talk about. Um, I mean, my dinner's ready, so we can. Ooh. I can wrap up anytime soon. All right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I, well, maybe we'll just wrap up. We got, we got like three minutes. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely feel like that there's an awkwardness that comes with communication. I feel like this show, uh, I feel like I, it's helped me, uh, think better on my feet and articulate ideas better. I feel like I'm better at communicating now than I was when I started. And that's, pretty great for what is this 45 episodes in um yeah so well, it definitely has helped guys congratulations thank you, thank you. We're, we're excited that you joined us tonight it's been a, it's been a pleasure seriously i'm just happy and i'll definitely be listening to this episode later being because i love to hear myself talk but i also <laughs> hate the sound of my voice so it's just gonna be like me going like, oh, I wish I sounded cooler and sexier, but like also good comment, Kilo, way to go. <laughs> That's yeah. I mean, I listened to our show. I, I did quality control like religiously when we started. Now I'm kind of like I don't give a shit anymore. I don't give a fuck. Um, no. Uh, so yeah, I, I I listened to the show and I definitely have gotten more comfortable with my voice over time. Um, and uh, now I know what to look out for. Like I when I listen. When I was listening to it, I was like, wow, you're being fucking annoying when you said that. Um, so now I know when to be like, okay, hold off. You know, and some of those things I can't change because I am who I am. But I, I definitely am, uh, I definitely hear myself better, you know. Um, any John, last words? it was an absolute pleasure finally getting to meet you. Yes. Ditto. It was a very <laughs> nice surprise having you on. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Absolutely. You had a lot to add. You'll have to jump on another one. For sure. Yes, I would like to have you back at some point. We gotta talk about... I mean, Ron and I always talk about Batman and Superman because, like, he's very much Batman, as I am sure anyone who's even remotely friends with him is aware. And even... No. <laughs> I am very much Superman. Mm -hmm. So no, we'll have to do some... I have seen all... Every single Marvel DC movie. So we'll have to do some, like... We'll have to do, like, a Marvel series or something. Yeah, we could do something like that, yeah. Um, and or DC movies. Yeah, I feel like DC movies and me and you talking about Batman v Superman might be fun. Um, because or maybe a DC movie that was actually good. Well, no, I mean, sometimes the, the bad movies are actually the ones that we have the most fun, fun doing. To talk about. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, except in the case so. of Cats. Except in the case of Cats. I mean, that was a situation where it was excellent and we had a lot of fun, so. Um, yep. anyways, we got to wrap it up. We got like 20 seconds left. So I'm just going to say thank you guys for listening. Stay safe. Uh, and anything else? Anything? anything? Bye everybody. Thank you so much. Bye guys. Love Bye. you. This episode was once again brought to you by RON-III-ART. .redbubble.com Head over there, check out the WT Fada collection. We got a bunch of different merchandise from the show, and uh, you know, if you see something you like, pick it up. Helps us out a ton, and uh, we definitely appreciate it. And uh, hey, send us some uh, some shots of it. Some shots of your merch. Okay? Alright.
Bye, guys.